person one loves person two guess what shenanigans ensue person one hates person two guess what still shenanigans ensue person one fake dates person two guess what you guessed it shenanigans ensue co-host one reports a co-host two the name of the show shenanigans ensue Hello, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Jane, and welcome to Shenanigans in Sue. A podcast where I should have stopped in all my evil plotting to have that manicure. <laughs> <laughs> Always need to take a break to have a manicure. Honestly, yes. I mean, obviously she didn't have any time between all of her scheming, but still. Priorities. The wrong ones, but sure, priorities. Exactly. That's why he's calling her out. Anyways, each episode we'll watch a rom-com and discuss its merits as a member of the rom-com genre. We'll cover well-worn classics, hidden gems, and everything in between. We'll give you our unsolicited opinion on every trope, caper, and flim-flam the film used, or maybe abused. And of course, the the shenanigans! shenanigans. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, so if you don't recognize the quote... This episode is My Best Friend's Wedding! And just to like get this out right at the top, you know, things are rough in the world right now and... Very much so. Yeah, we need to find joy in the places that we can. So if this movie brings you some sort of comfort or is a favorite of yours, this might not be the episode for you. Because it didn't bring us joy and you're going to hear a lot about why. (laughs) So... There's a bit of a caveat at the top. We don't usually do this, but... Yeah, I think that it's fair because I think that this movie entrapped me and I'm not trying to entrap you, the listener. Just so that we all consenting adults. Correct. (laughs) Oh boy. I guess initial thoughts, if that wasn't already clear enough. (laughs) I was surprised in an unpleasant way will be my general thoughts agreed agreed because it's all actors i really like and somehow this movie made me hate julia roberts truly so before we fully dive into this mess (laughs) uh let's give you a plot synopsis when julianne finds out her best friend and former fling michael is getting married she decides to do everything she can to stop the wedding shenanigans ensue sorry i didn't give you a lot at all (laughs) i don't care okay it's done (laughs) yeah so right off the bat it was so frustrating that a laugh and a person who typically brings me joy and puts a smile on my face with their work made me so deeply uncomfortable and unhappy yes It was a very weird experience to have Julia Roberts laugh viscerally affect me in fear. And to be fair, the director is well known for subversions. And I think people should go into the film knowing this. I also think that I probably would have had a very different experience of the film had I gone into it knowing that Julia Roberts doesn't win. Because I spent Mm. the entire film anxious that she was going to get what she wanted and she did not deserve it i was so stressed right up to the last five minutes the last 30 seconds and i think if i'd known going in like you said she didn't win my anxiety would have been a lot lower yeah i might have had a little fun yes which was desperately needed we we've talked about this a little bit before listeners please let us know if you have an example But I don't think that rom-coms are a genre for subversion, Mm. just to be perfectly frank. You're coming in wanting to have a happy ending. Yeah. And I think, Jane, you had previously said something about what could have fixed this for you in regards to ways that they could have treated the script or the ways that Julia Roberts could have been more endearing. Yeah, so Jess and I were having a conversation before we started recording just to sort of pass out our feelings about this a little bit. Yeah. And I was saying that I don't know if I would have been as upset with the subversion if they'd done a little bit more to establish Julia Roberts and Dermot Mulroney's relationship. Like if we'd seen more of them, more of their chemistry Also, if she didn't go right off the bat so hard, Mm -hmm. determined to break up this marriage. And also if the things that she did weren't so grossly 
overstepping all kinds of boundaries. Not that I'm advocating to break up a marriage at all, but I think there are more whimsical ways that you can point out people are wrong for each other, aka Patrick Dempsey and Maid of Honor. So I don't know if I would have minded that she didn't end up with the guy in the end so much Mm -hmm. if they hadn't made her character so unlikable. My argument, having now seen this movie and having seen the breakup when it came out, Mm. I just cannot get behind the subversion of the film genre unless you're extremely forthcoming about it. I mean, obviously the breakup is in the title alone, but I saw that when I was in like high school and so it was my first experience of subverting the genre. And I remember vividly leaving that film and being like, life is hard enough as it is. (laughs) I went to see a comedy and I don't feel good. Yeah, which totally fair enough. And so I don't really appreciate Appreciate that. And again, my best friend's wedding is another subversion attempt. And I do think that it has plenty of redeeming qualities. I do think it's filmed incredibly beautifully. And mm. I do think that the director had a clear vision. And the actors did really well, too. Right. I just don't appreciate being told by the internet and everyone at large that this is a rom-com and having an anxiety attack like the whole way through. Mm. It's basically like a weird in-between of Gone Girl and Fatal Attraction and it's billed (laughs) as a rom-com and I just don't really appreciate that. This movie would have been (laughs) such a great psychological thriller. Correct. This movie would have been amazing if we had it from either Kimmy or Michael's perspective. Or George's. <laughs> yes, I mean, George needs his own movie, frankly. Yeah, George needs the rom-com. Yes, oh my goodness, <laughs> give George rom-com. That would be fabulous. I'd watch the shit out of that movie. <laughs> this would have been a fantastic psychological thriller from Kimmy's perspective. Because I think she's a really interesting and nuanced character. Mm-hmm. Like, she could easily have just been painted as this bimbo who's all airy-frary and just wants to get married and has stars in her eyes and all of these stereotypes. But she's actually a very interesting character. Yeah. I ended up relating to her way more than I did to Julianne, which is a problem for your rom-com. But that's the thing, right? Kimmy wins, so it's not really a problem in the subversion. No. It's just a problem that you've taken a well-loved actor, Julia Roberts, and made her so unlikable. And I don't mind seeing Julia Roberts in a villain role either. I think that's actually quite interesting, which is why I wouldn't mind this as a thriller. Right, but don't, to to steal a phrase from Lovebirds, don't piss on my back and tell me it's rain. (laughs) So I don't fucking appreciate it. Exactly. Honestly. And so that's what I was getting at, is like, I think it would be very interesting to see Julia Roberts play a villain in, in a, a thriller. thriller. Absolutely. But this is not being bold at that. You're supposed to be rooting for her. And you're doing all the tropes lightheartedly as if you really are in a rom-com. And it doesn't fit. No. The stakes of what she's doing are so high. Yeah. And her cruelty yes. is so intense that you can't possibly tell me this is a rom-com. It, it doesn't tonally feel correct. And as we've said... There is a way to do this. We've seen something very similar in Maid of Honor mm-hmm. that you are kind of rooting for Patrick Dempsey's character. Or a TV show which heavily inspired our intro song. Ah, uh, yes. Crazy Ex Girlfriend is seasons and seasons of a person who shouldn't win, mm-hmm. constantly being in relationships and ruining the people around her. And it's still done in a way that's charming and funny. This is neither. And I mean, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend arguably subverts the musical genre. Mm -hmm. She does not end up with someone. Right. Her happy ending is working on herself. A fully healed person. Exactly. It's like her being a work in progress is her happy ending. And it's not with a romantic partner. Mm -hmm. So there is a way to do it. But 
character is likable enough that you still root for her even when she's doing things that push your anxiety to the limits. Yeah, because I think a lot of it is that there are by and large benign pieces of mischief, right? Mm. Yeah, like you said, that there might have been a way for Julia Roberts to be more likable that would have made this okay. Yeah. I don't know. Or her actions. I just don't know that it's doable over the course of one (sighs) film. Four days. Yeah. (laughs) I think what helps in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend as well, as much as... Paula enables Rebecca, she and the other characters are calling Rebecca out on her shit constantly. Which is why George is the best character in this entire film. Yes, George. But no contest. (laughs) By far. We needed Michael to be calling out Julia Roberts' character because he just lets all this slide, which is so bizarre to me. That's because they have a toxic codependent relationship. Mm. Again, why he shouldn't be with her and why it's good that he ends up with Kimmy, but it's still just tough. Mm. It's tough to get through it if you think that there's a chance she could win. I think that that really is a big part of it. And I'm still stressed for Kimmy and Michael even though they they got married and they did it I was so relieved yeah (laughs) but I'm still concerned they can't be friends with her she can't ever talk to them again no and I don't think that he has the ability to cut her out of his life and also please for the love of God (laughs) everyone needs to sit with their feelings over the fact that relationships are not games to be won right (sighs) he did his exit with his bride and they leave and I'm like oh thank goodness it's over and he still came back to seek out this woman who almost destroyed his wedding to give her her own individual proper goodbye he isn't capable of letting go of her (sighs) what could happen yeah Kimmy needs to block Julianne's number change their address (laughs) move states yeah do whatever it takes I mean they can stay in Chicago but like Jules needs to stay on the coasts just stay on the coast Jules yeah let the two of them stay in the interior states or something I don't know and and never the two (laughs) shall meet again please All of that said, there's a lot of rom-com tropes in this movie. There are. There's so many. (laughs) And some of them are good. Yes, yes. (sighs) We've got friends to lovers, but subverted. Mm -hmm. We've got love triangle. We've got the best but gay friend. A stereotypical gendered career situation. A fake dating and engagement. Mm, This was done so well. This one was a really good fake date engagement. Yeah. We've got meddling friends, except the meddling friend is the supposed heroine. Yeah. We've got (laughs) a ring getting stuck on the wrong finger. That's always pretty fun, to be honest. And... We have a dramatic chase. And this is truly a very good dramatic chase. I will give it that. Oh, when you were reading through the tropes, I was going over them. I was like, some of them have been done really, truly well. Yeah, that's why, like, I'm not mad at the director. I think the director did an excellent job accomplishing exactly what he wanted to accomplish. I just feel like... The goal. Yeah, I didn't actually consent to this film. (laughs) Like, is really how I'm feeling. (laughs) (laughs) So which trope would you like to hit? Um, I would like to start at the end with the dramatic chase. Oh, <laughs> such a good execution of this trope. It really was. <laughs> the dramatic chase starts with Jules making a final gross attempt oh. at Michael by kissing him. That kiss was so awkward. Yeah. At the brunch the day of the wedding. After she's just gone back and forth between two of them, convincing the other that they should marry each other. Yeah, after helping. So it's extra icky. She yo-yos about three times in the film between I'm going to break them up. They're actually great together. I'm going to help. I'm going to break them up again. No, I mustn't. (laughs) And the yo-yo is interesting to watch, but makes for an unlikable human. (laughs) So they're sitting underneath a beautiful covered area in the woods and they kiss and And of course, Kimmy sees them. Mm -hmm. Michael, seeing Kimmy's reaction, 
Chase is after Kimmy, and Julienne, having just kissed Michael, chases after Michael. (laughs) All three of them are now running full tilt across the lawn of this lovely, what what do you call these things? Like a golf estate? Family home estate? Yeah, they're in this lovely upscale estate, running across the lawn, screaming and crying, which leads to them each getting into three different cars and storming off. But, you know, Jules is visiting. So she is going from car to car (laughs) looking for a car to literally steal and ends up with the hot dog wagon. What the hell was this car? I don't know what. And the Uh, irony of her going through trying to open all the cars and she's like, everyone's so untrustworthy these days. (laughs) She's literally trying to steal slash borrow their car. And she does just drive it and then like abandons it on the road. (laughs) And all the while, for the third time... George is trying to remind her that she's being insane. She calls him on the phone and George has to say, hey, so you're chasing Michael and Michael's chasing Kimmy. And he says to her, so who's chasing you? Mm -hmm. And she still continues to give chase. Girl, take the L. There's your answer. He's chasing Kimmy. He's not chasing you. Sometimes you take your lumps and you go home. Like, that's it. Yeah. Girl. I mean, after throwing the biggest of Hail Marys, that was beyond a Hail Mary. Yeah. And you still weren't successful in your endeavor? Just... Leave it alone. And like, you know, again, the acting in this scene is incredible. Every single character had very clear intentions Mm -hmm. on their chase and why. And it was very funny. It was very entertaining. It's just not likable. Yeah, and it was really funny to watch them run across this lawn while the rest of the wedding guests are enjoying this breakfast before the wedding. Yes. (laughs) Cut to them watching Kimmy go past. And then they're like, huh, that's interesting. And just go back to their breakfast. I think even the mother looks over at them and says, oh, yes, that's Jules, the maid of honor. (laughs) It is a very good dramatic chase. Especially because they build it in at the beginning of the movie that Kimmy can drive like a NASCAR driver. Maniac. Wild. That was actually a really fun character trait. To be such like a sweet, unassuming young woman trying to finish an architectural degree, (laughs) willing to throw it all away to chase a man. But boy, she can Tokyo drift this one. (laughs) It's very good. In Chicago traffic. Right. And then a very fun payoff that this skill comes in particularly useful when trying to get away from your fiancé who's just kissed your maid of honor. It's so good. (laughs) Uh, What's your favorite trope? Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the fake dating. Oh, yeah. Slash engagement. Very good. First of all, this is a trope that I really enjoy. I think it's funny and interesting to watch play out because there's so many layers of what's happening when you see this trope. But how they subvert this trope is that the fake dating is happening between George and Jules and there's no romantic tension because George is gay. And she gets George to come over for moral support and George is encouraging Jules to tell Michael her feelings. And he's kind of like lurking around in the back of the store where Michael is getting his suit tailored. Yes. Very awkward. Knocking things over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Playing with the mannequin. <laughs> so Jules is trying to like spit it out that she has feelings for Michael in front of this tailor where I'm like, I feel so much for this tailor. Like, <laughs> no. And so when the three of them kind of regroup, and George and Michael both say to each other at the same time, congratulations. And George is like, wait, what? <laughs> Jules brings this thing on him that she hasn't told him how she felt and has now lied to him, saying that George is her fiancé. Yes. And to George's credit, he commits mm-hmm. to being the perfect fake fiancé. He even takes off his pinky ring. Yes. And gives it to her as an engagement. <laughs> He also, oh my god. He joins in for lunch. That lunch scene is... I was just gonna say that... Wild. Is that what you were gonna talk about? Yes. This whole entire film manages to be a psychotic (laughs) cocaine fever dream. And George coming up 
with oh a meet cute to tell the family their backstory at the lunch is truly a thing of beauty a work of art and then it turns into the entire family these like buttoned up waspy types all singing a song loudly in the restaurant together how did we get here i felt like i was in a different realm of existence yeah entirely wasn't the song i'll say a little prayer for you i think you're right it was yeah i I don't know what to say and that's not the first psychotic fever dream moment in the film no it opens with one yes at least 30 minutes before this insane scene i had messaged jane to say jane Am I actually dreaming and in a coma right now when you're visiting me in hospital? Because I cannot believe that anything that's happening right now is real. And the film just does it over and over and over again. It's insane. I mean, I was living for it. It was making me cry laughter. But it was a similar experience to Moonstruck. Mm -hmm. Watching those random singing numbers. Like, I felt that same surreal out of body right or like seeing the thought process with some of the characters and why they're doing the things they do it is like watching moonstruck you're just Mm. sitting there like no Mm -hmm. what my goodness i think i laughed a lot at george's story especially Mm. because the whole meet cute backstory that he's created in a rehab facility somehow right involving dion warwick i don't think it's a rehab i think it was a mental institution oh because it's not the real diane yes yes i forgot about that detail (laughs) yeah and he's made this all up none of this is real and he just keeps going with it and going and going yeah And then I found it at least partially entertaining the way he decided to deliver the story. But then, like, I don't even think that I thought that the singing was laugh out loud funny. I think I was just sitting there agape, staring at the screen in shock. I think I was, like, nervous laughing. I'm not sure what exactly to do, how to process this. So I just started laughing because it felt so surreal. It is very surreal. So much of this is a surrealist experience. Mm, mm -hmm. (sighs) Is there another trip you want to hit? Yeah. The meddling friend being the main character. I hated this. I I cannot express to people enough how icky it is. I know Mm. that some people find it really funny, but I think that the character choices were too far to be funny. I think that they were just destructive. Yeah. Over and over again, Jules decides to call George as a sounding board. And George obliges, even though he is trying to live his beautiful life and she keeps interrupting it, which Mm. was very irritating. (laughs) But over and over again, and she has the opportunity to stop what she's doing. Yeah. George essentially tells her over and over again in many beautiful moments of real talk mm. and tenderness to a friend, but real talk that she's got to stop. Yeah. And she doesn't listen. No. She refuses to listen. Yeah. And every single time she refuses to listen, she's made everything that much worse Mm. and every single time michael and kimmy find a way to talk their way through the problem yeah and they're all devised by her all within days of their wedding which is a stressful enough time as it is they don't deserve any of this what stands out for me particularly is that even if you think what's best for your friend is him ending up with you the things that you are doing right to execute this are so detrimental to his well-being and his happiness mm-hmm. like we had the trope of the meddling a friend in your place or mine but the difference with that was sending the manuscript was benefiting her friend yeah it was to help him the intentions were very good it wasn't damaging his career it was something that he wouldn't have done himself yeah and that's why i had such a problem with it in this movie she literally went out of her way to try to get her best friend fired this wasn't a better job he wasn't going to be happier he likes the traveling yes it was done with malice that's beyond messed up oh my gosh let me see if i can even go through the list um jules attempts to break them up by making kimmy uncomfortable and feel less than at karaoke 
by tricking Kimmy into a scheme to get Michael to leave his job that he loves and work a corporate job with her father by having a romantic boat ride and getting him to realize how much he loves her. Mm -hmm. What else we have? Constantly meddling in the family affairs and reminding Kimmy over and over again how much she's the better person that Kimmy will never compete with. By making jokes about even if Michael and Kimmy get married, Jules says to Michael, we'll just see each other twice a year for that affair. Oh, and by telling Kimmy she'll never be Jello, and George wants Jello. Right. <laughs> Not creme brulee. Plus then the actual kiss and everything else. Yeah, that too. In addition to the firing, like, there, there's nothing redeeming about this character. Mm-mm. How are you supposed to cheer for someone like this? Even if it's Julia Roberts. Yeah. It's so difficult because I'm trying to think now of some of the examples that Patrick Dempsey did to try and stop the wedding. And one of the things was like playing the bagpipes really loudly (laughs) and serving haggis at the kitchen tea. I mean, it's so innocuous. Being so manly in the Highland games. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) or like trying to own the fiance in basketball. Right. And then he ends up being amazing at basketball. By making the world best gift baskets for the bridal (laughs) shower like by reminding him how well he knows her yes it's so silly yeah (laughs) that it doesn't feel hateful it's not or mean he's not screwing up her career he's not i don't know trying to cause bodily harm right he's not actively trying to place a wedge between the two of them right he's not getting the entire family involved in helping break this apart Mm. messy he doesn't even enlist the help of the other bridesmaids (laughs) right oh i don't know it just made it really hard to be on her side. As soon as she gets the phone call that Michael is getting married, she's at dinner with George, and she immediately says, oh, I, I have to go, I have to go to Chicago right now. I have to stop a wedding. He loved me for nine years, damn it. And it's like, my guy, you've had all this time to do something about it then. Yeah, I immediately messaged Jane and was like, she doesn't love him. Mm-hmm. This is an extremely competitive person who works in an extremely competitive field who wants to win. And she's going to fly over there and be a nasty human being because of this un ending urge to be a winner and so it's not about love it's about her ego and look we've been going really hard at Jules but Michael is not blameless by any means oh no in any of this either codependent and loving the attention for sure yeah when they're on the boat and he says oh you know Kimmy and I don't even have a song and then he starts singing what appears to be his and Jules's song and starts dancing with her. He doesn't set any boundaries. He doesn't try and help protect his fiance. Right. When Jules makes all these snide comments, he doesn't check her. Mm-hmm. Nope. Honestly, if I were going to break this down as like a psychological study of a person type of thing, obviously not an expert, but <laughs> it seems to me that he has invited her number one for his ego and number two so that he can be 100% positive that he's doing the right thing for himself because he has cold feet and he needs to know and I get that I get the cold feet thing but you're manipulating another human being you've brought somebody here that you know is going to cause problems that maybe likes you you have this moment where you're both talking past each other about just being honest about saying that you love a person and he means her we all know this yeah like there's no misconception so you're playing a game for your ego and to assuage your worries about whether or not you're ready to get married instead of actually just dealing with your feelings yeah gross dude fucking gross when he thought that kimmy was the one who somehow helped get the email out and he's making all these calls he kind of intimates that he and Jules should get together when they're talking about like taking this trip and that he's calling off the wedding. Cut to next day she finds him there at the breakfast. He's chilling. He hasn't said anything to anybody. What is he doing? He's just vibing. Yeah. And so you could say that he's treating both of these women badly because he's kind of made Jules's expectation that he's choosing her 
while at the same time not truly pulling the plug on the wedding with Kimmy either. Yeah. So what is your plan, my guy? He doesn't have a plan. He's not handling his feelings, and he's keeping both of his options open until the final, final moment. Yeah. Because he's a coward. (sighs) It's not good. Kimmy doesn't deserve this. No. She doesn't. In that way, Jules and Michael deserve each other. They're rotten people who manipulate the people around them and treat them poorly for their own gains. And they should honestly leave everyone else out of it. Yeah, they would have had a very excellent 20 years on again, off again, volatile relationship. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think Michael's going to be a better person for having someone like Kimmy in his life. Mm. But I don't know that he deserves that. Especially the way he went off at Kimmy when Mm -hmm. she was, from her perspective, just trying trying to help as well that encounter at the restaurant went from zero to a hundred so quickly like he threw a little temper tantrum and kimmy manages to be a goddamn saint about it right justice for kimmy justice for kimmy goodness i truly hope that in this universe michael was panicking and going through these last little bits of his independence that holds messiness in his heart mm-hmm. and i I hope that he became a better person after it. I hope that he never spoke to Jules again and he rose to the occasion and was very good to Kimmy. That's my hope. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's possible. (laughs) Just based on the goodbye. I do think it's possible. But I don't think it's probable. Just based on the goodbye. A just world would not have Jules ever see Michael again. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Since we sort of going around Michael and him being kind of odd... I quickly want to hit on the a ring getting stuck trope. Oh my gosh, yes. So this is a very common trope. It's a lot of fun. It leads to a lot of shenanigans. But even the way this was executed, just just standing in the office and randomly <laughs> puts the ring on, where of course it gets stuck. And then we just cut to next scene and we don't see anything further happen. And I was like, I want more get the ring off shenanigans. Yeah. Like, give me some of those. I want to see her wrestling with it. She can't get it off. She makes a little joke about it. And then in another psychology, moment of this film instead of getting some soap or doing the string trick or anything like that michael puts her fingy in his mouth Put the actual and sucks the ring off what while they are lying very close to each other on the floor mind you what is happening any other form of liquid would have sufficed literally it's a hotel room there must be some sort of soap there must be some sort of lotion or cream or something why is that your go-to move he didn't even attempt with his hand like it was immediately a finger suck and that's not actually going to be easier to do than just using some soap no this is not the most effective way to accomplish getting this thing off. No, this is just you, again, playing another game with this woman that you tricked into coming here so that you could have extra attention and bolster your ego before you got married to someone you were unsure about. Yeah, and just looking at this objectively, he has no questions. Why did you put the ring on? No weirdness around that. There are no questions, Jane, because he knows exactly why she put the ring on. Right. Because he knows why he brought her here. This is my point. Because he's manipulating them. And leading her on. Yeah. You don't find that creepy or weird at all that your friend has this ring stuck on her finger. He wanted the satisfaction of hearing Jules say I love you before he got married so that he could be the one to say no to her. This was so so rough gross like the intent behind the entire visit inviting her having her be a part of the wedding all of it was with the most malicious of intentions yeah and this is like a generous interpretation of what he's doing these people could be even more malicious than like me trying to say i think psychologically he's going through a lot right before the wedding Mm. you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh. oh boy well i think we Way overdue to hit on some shenanigans. Yeah, some actual fun bits. Ah, <laughs> uh, the intro! The intro <laughs> is so... a cocaine nightmare. I, need... I think 
I texted Jazz, what in the Stepford Wives hall is this? I mean, like, the presence of it at the beginning of the film is an extremely clear indicator that this is meant to be a subversion. Like, I get it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what in the fresh Stepford Wives hell is correct? Especially because the song just kept going on. I was like, oh, oh, okay, we're doing the the whole thing. It's a full-on music video. We're doing the entire song with this weird woman and bridesmaid thing. Mm. You hold him and love him and kiss him. <laughs> it's like one of those weird 50 60 bop songs i can't remember the name of it i think it was something like hoping and wishing it's a fun time the song itself the, yeah the context with which it's in is weird and i thought it was funny and then it kept going like jane said they did all of the verses but by all of the verses they just repeated the same thing like three times <laughs> yes with the new choreo a shenanigan where jules is having this meeting with george and she's gotten this call from michael and she is under the impression that perhaps <laughs> he's calling her because they're both approaching 28 and he might be evoking the pack that they made right that if they weren't married by 28 they would get married to each other which is wild wild the kicker <laughs> is when she actually does call him it's him telling her that he's getting married <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah it was about the pact sort of <laughs> and she falls off the bed yeah and then like the fever dream continues from the weird psychotic intro with characters we never see again true to the psychopathic pact where 28 makes you a spinster she immediately jumps on a plane they almost kiss upon Mm. hugging and then who's behind them kimmy who now wants you to be the maid of honor yeah what 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 uh, why and then she says this thing i mean i wish we'd seen more of the cousins i love the cousins they could have been very funny one of them is the redhead from true blood and then other stuff like claws and she's amazing and i didn't realize she was in this film Oh, I didn't recognize her. Yep. My goodness. Slay girl. <laughs> and Kimmy says she can't ask one of her cousins to be a maid of honor because they're in competition with each other or something. There was a convoluted reason. Yeah. Because understandably, Jules is like, why would you want me to be your maid of honor? We met seven minutes ago. That should have been the first indicator. Like, Kimmy's not entirely innocent. She no. made the ask for the maid of honor of Jules because she needed to keep an eye on her. Yeah. She was implementing the keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Yeah. And to be fair, she was number one, right? Yeah. And number two, could have found more conniving ways to have gone about it other than inviting someone to be an important part of the wedding because you know they're your soon to be husband's best friend. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, yes. Like she did have ulterior motives. Yeah. But like hers are so much more benign (laughs) than anything else happening in this film. Although the confrontation (laughs) scene that she has with Jewel and other shenanigan is when Kimmy like stops the elevator to I love this. confront Jules while Jules is having what seems to be a panic attack of being in a confined space. So she's like distracted and Kimmy is on a mission to like ascertain what's going on with their relationship. And Jules is like half answering Kimmy, but also just like, how do you feel when you in really small confined spaces and don't feel a way out? Yeah, she's spinning out. And the elevator opens and she's immediately flung into the thick of the whole family. And it's just like chaos. From that moment alone, any sane human being having been thrown out of the elevator and all of that happening would say to themselves, maybe I should go home. Mm, mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's always an option. That was the better option in this situation. There were many points when she should have just gone home, including the wedding. Oh my God. Jules did not need to be at that wedding and she did not need to be giving a toast. After all of your scheming, after everything getting uncovered, you almost got him fired. You tried to break them up. You have this weird confrontation in the bathrooms at a baseball (laughs) game in public. Which was really funny. And then you still went to the wedding? Again, take the L. Yeah. Go home. Go home. Have a great time with George. He's hosting amazing dinners and going to book clubs and just having a wonderful, cozy life. The amount of times George tries to remind her, you went out there for closure, you're going to wish them well, and you're going to come home. He says that to her over and over again, and she won't take the advice. Another shenanigan is Jules constantly calling George and George letting it go to voicemail. And so the whole group 
It's just hearing Jules rant on about how all these things are going wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, anyway. And then they just return back to what they do. <laughs> George is living his beautiful life mm-hmm. and she will not let him. Or come back and join him in it. Right? She could have been at a fabulous dinner party instead of trying to get her best friend fired. Stop putting your mess on everybody else. Handle it and come back to hang out with George. Stop. I can sympathize with the person that you love is marrying someone else and that must be very hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. But then don't put yourself through experiencing this yeah let alone trying to break it up wish them well deal with your feelings yeah and there's also an element to this relationship between george and jules where i don't know exactly how the hierarchy goes but that's her editor yeah girl you have codependent relationships Mm. you need to get your shit together any other shenanigans you want to touch on Yeah, the film does have its moments of humor. And again, everyone acted their heart out. Yeah, they did. I think that they did an excellent job in that regard. I don't have any issues with that. It's very well cost. Yes, but I truly cannot express to people enough that I spent the entire film with a stank face (laughs) and I couldn't wipe it off. Yeah. If you want your body to have way too much fear adrenaline (laughs) and you want to increase the frown lines on your forehead then yes this is the film for you (laughs) i don't know what to say wait so what was the shenanigan you were talking about no my shenanigan is that i couldn't wipe the stank off of my face (laughs) that's a bad shenanigan that's not great guys (laughs) oh and i think that it's interesting for the audience to know Hmm. that The only truly redeeming thing about the film is the very, very last scene. Oh, that was good. And it's not original to the film. Yes, this is wild. Jasmine looked this up after we finished watching. I went to the internet, as I do, looking for answers, (laughs) and discovered that they finished filming. I don't remember what the internet said the actual ending originally was, but they aired it for test audiences And the test audiences all said that Julianne is so unlikable that no one could leave feeling good. And production, editing, all of that decided that there's no way we can put out a film where people hate Julia Roberts at the end. Like, it's not right. So they decided months, I think it was something like seven months after filming had wrapped, to reshoot the final scene and add in a scene where... (laughs) (laughs) dear sweet george has gotten back on another plane he's raking in those miles (laughs) this is his one two third flight in (laughs) as many days and george is actually shown up and is doing this the call is coming from inside the house but funny Mm. (laughs) at the reception a great monologue great monologue and it really is one of the only nice things about the film their friendship makes me feel like okay I choose to believe that Jules will learn and grow from this and she may never get married, but she has a very good best friend Mm. and they will be okay and live their lives in New York City. Yeah. And they succeeded with the ending because I didn't feel so terrible because the ending was good. Like they stuck the landing with the ending. They did. I still hated the character overall, but because Julia Roberts is so good, and I mean, George was just amazing. They really sold that ending for me. Yeah. Shout out Rupert Everett. Yes. We love you as George. Phenomenal. But yeah, I kind of wish I didn't see that because then it really does reaffirm what I was feeling, which is that you made a mistake trying to subvert this film. Yeah. And you did everything you set out to accomplish and it did not work. Everyone hated it. Mm. And then you had to double back and make an emergency fix. Yeah. That's not great. You know, like you did stick the landing, but like you made it an emergency and it didn't have to be. Yeah. One last really fun shenanigan before we move on. Yay, happy shenanigans. (laughs) Yes, is the throwaway one, which I wish we'd seen a little bit more of. But when Jules is running in and they say, are you here to help one of the cousins? And Jules is like, wait, what are you talking about? She's got herself stuck on the ice sculpture. (laughs) (laughs) 
And Jules is like, okay, that's not so bad. And this aunt says, no, but it's a sculpture of David. Which I immediately so knew. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows Absolutely. what part of David she's stuck to. I have so many questions. First of all, why a eye sculpture of David? Because at a wedding. They're waspy types. Not turtle doves, not swans making a heart. If you can't guess from my tone, I'm not really a big fan of eye sculptures in <laughs> general. But like, why why David? Yeah, those two cousins from Texas are basically the other part of the movie that makes it fun. So good. I would have loved to see more of them. They're so funny. Anyway, ending on a high shenanigan. That leads us to... Fun fail. I mean, if you didn't guess from our caveat at the beginning and the rest of our rantings... This is a big old fail for me. Yeah, it's a fail. Oh, back-to-back fails. I know. I mean, if this were, like we said, a thriller from the perspective of Kimmy... Oh! Amazing! That would make for a very interesting film. I would have loved to see that. Or George's own rom-com that he's Mm. handling his friend while he's Mm -hmm. having his own experience in New York. Right? That would also be another great choice. I would have loved to see the proposal between him and Kimmy. It sounded so sweet. Yeah! Him chasing her down as she's on the train and saying, marry me, and she says yes, and the conductor's there, and the people in the crowd, and the drama... I would have liked to see that. Yeah, maybe a montage of relationships. Yeah. I don't know. Something. I know that we're, like, (laughs) not really focused on what's going on with him. (laughs) No. And what is a little bit different about this fail as opposed to the last episodes is it was almost a fail kind of on a technicality Mm -hmm. because of the chemistry and the actors almost being in two different movies. Yeah. The foundation of it was there was a lot going for it. Yes. This is the opposite of that, in a way. Yeah, like I didn't hate the characters in Overboard. It was just off and it wasn't good enough to watch again, Mm -hmm. disqualifying it from a fun. This was an active fail, My Best Friend's Wedding. Yeah, this is painful to watch because Julia Roberts was unlikable and I love Julia Roberts. How do you make Julia Roberts unlikable? In a movie where she's supposed to be the hero. Yeah, honestly, that's unforgivable. So... That's a fail. Yeah. If anybody wants to watch it knowing that they're not going to get together, maybe tell us if there's less anxiety and it's enjoyable. That might shift your experience. Mm -hmm. Or if anyone has a good example of subverting the rom-com trope as being successful. Oh, yeah. I would like to know either of those. That would also be interesting. Please let us know. And before we tell you where you can let us know, let's do our favorite segment. Give me the cheese, please. Give me the cheese, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On your count. (laughs) Three, a two, Two, a one. one. Culture magazine. I think I accidentally went first two times in a row. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I, I remember that I went second last time. Okay, good. So, so... <laughs> I will go first today. <laughs> so my choice is a bad vegan cheese. <laughs> I love that you're laughing because you know where I'm going with it. There are good vegan cheeses, so yes, I know that that's not it. I just <laughs> I already know. There are good vegan cheeses. I've had some. They are good. I promise. This, however, is a bad vegan cheese. And I would even say it's a bad vegan cheese when you were expecting regular good cheese. No, that's where I'm going. It's just I didn't want to oh, say great. like a whole essay. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm so glad I know exactly what this is. <laughs> this is exactly where I'm going with this, which is I, I don't have an issue with trying to have that cheese experience as someone who is vegan or someone who is looking to incorporate other alternatives into their diet. What I do take issue with on the other hand is executing it badly yeah have you had a bad vegan cheese 
It's so disappointing. I have. I have. I've had really, really good ones, and I've had one really bad one. And so with this, I took a bit of a deep dive into vegans adapting to eating vegan cheese. I read a couple of blog posts. That's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) And so this person was talking about how she and her partner uh, were switching from vegetarianism to veganism and she said they struggled for a long time to get used to the taste of vegan cheese and she says it does take some time so much like this movie maybe with a second watch if you know what's happening and you know what to expect it will be more palatable or enjoyable Mm -hmm. and she said once she found like some artisanal vegan cheeses, it was really easy. You can even find vegan cheeses that melt. Oh, that's the one that I've had. That yes. they're not good though. Oh. Those are really bad. I've had one that melted that was good. Oh, okay, it was on a vegan pizza. Uh. It didn't have the pull that you're looking for in a mozzarella on a pizza but other than that i couldn't really tell the difference but it melted really well i've never had a good vegan mozz (laughs) (laughs) the consistency was actually really good oh that's good i'll have to find it so because i haven't watched the breakup i still think it could be possible (laughs) to subvert the genre and have it work somehow maybe yeah unfortunately for me this was this was not that which is disappointing because like we said everyone was acting really well yeah it was filmed really well mm, beautiful shots so there were a lot of things going for it but it just it ultimately left me feeling kind of sad which i think a bad vegan cheese will definitely accomplish yeah that's that's that uh, it makes perfect sense <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> So for me, (laughs) this is not even a cheese, really. This is Culture Magazine, a foremost (laughs) cheese magazine purveyor. Um, (laughs) Yeah, okay, so number one, the name is so funny to me, Culture Magazine, (laughs) cheeky. Yes, that is cheeky. So these two people are writers, Mm. and so I felt like, number one, that already worked. Even Jules herself is a food writer and critic. Yeah. So the magazine thing works perfect for me. (laughs) The plot and idea that you would show up for a person you on again, off again, once in a while see over the course of the last like seven years is paper thin of a plot. (laughs) And and yeah, there we go. And finally, the last reason why this has to be culture magazine as opposed to an actual physical cheese is that if I am currently on a 72-hour cocaine bender, which is approximately the amount of time she spends in Chicago, Mm. then you're not actually eating anything. (laughs) You're going to maybe look at cheese in this magazine, (laughs) but you're not hungry at all. And so for all those reasons, yeah, the cocaine-fueled manic insanity of this film Mm. makes me feel like this is culture magazine (laughs) as opposed to an actual physical cheese oh goodness <laughs> i still enjoy this segment Yay. still my favorite <laughs> yes this segment still slaps even if the movie doesn't well there you have it <laughs> that was our discussion of my best friend's wedding uh let us know your thoughts on the movie <laughs> any shenanigans we might have missed like if you want to watch this with your eyes wide open and tell us if it was more palatable uh, or what cheese you think it is. You can follow us on Instagram at shenaniganzinsuepod or you can email us at shenaniganzinsuepod at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us next time. And until then, maybe, maybe there, there won't be marriage. marriage. There won't be sex. But there will be dancing. Bye. Bye. Dancing is always good. Dance it out, girl. Dance the night away. You made a lot of mistakes today. Oh, yeah. You made a lot of mistakes this weekend. Dance it out. (laughs) 